0: Is mayonnaise an instrument?
1: Unicorns! Show ponies! Where's the beef? Oh, Bergeron, Bergeron. Texas forever. I'm Batman.
0: Boston, this is for you! What's going on, everybody? This is the one and only Shine Time. And this is another episode of the Hashtag SPP, the Shine Time Primetime Podcast. Hope you guys are excited. Today we have a... Sp- Special guest uh, in the background right now. You'll I'm be hearing. Special. <laughs> yeah, you are. You're a little special. Right in the background, you'll be you'll be hearing the uh, the one and only intro music of Kyle Mocker. Kyle, how are we doing?
1: I am great. How are you today, Chris? I'm spectacular. Um, good to is, hear. Good to
0: is, hear. This is wonderful. This is only the second time ever. Did you know you're only the second person ever to be a co-host on the hashtag SPP? Hey,
1: I know now, but that's good to know. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully. Right? Uh, Hopefully there's many more to come.
0: I'm I'm hoping, now that we have this beautiful studio to work with. Much better than the Shime Time Primetime Home Studio, that's for damn sure. <laughs> Alright, but today we're actually going to start talking about the Patriots. Um, you'll have also seen a, another episode that I put up about Jimmy Garoppolo starting on Thursday. And uh, Kyle seems to feel a little differently. Uh, I have this very strong feeling that if the doctor clears Jimmy to play, that he should frickin' play. Like, there's no question in my mind that... If he if he gets cleared by the doctor, he has to play. Like, there's just no doubt about it. Shoot it up and play through the pain. That's the way football goes.
1: See, I don't think he has to. That's the thing. Um, I mean, that's that's on Jimmy Garoppolo. Whether he wants to play or not, I think it's going to be up to him. But is Bill Belichick going to let him go out there knowing that he's not 100%?
0: You don't think Bill Belichick's pressuring him into playing?
1: Um, well, I couldn't tell you that. I'm not in the locker room. But, um, I mean, he could be. I, I don't see Garoppolo playing in this game. When you have Jacoby Brissett, um, why risk further injury with Jimmy Garoppolo? They've already been – I know it's a completely different player, but it's already been shown that Bill Belichick doesn't want players to get more hurt than they already are. They're doing that with Rob Gronkowski – they're doing that right now, I think, with Jimmy Garoppolo. So I think Brissett's going to start and play this whole game tomorrow.
0: See, I I disagree. I think that Bill, if if the doctor says he can play, I think Bill wants his player to play. I think Rob Gronkowski is a very special case because he is such he is the biggest superstar Bill Belichick's ever had to deal with. Tom Brady was not this kind of public figure when he was in his prime, and even now, uh, I think Gronk is like a whole different animal that Bill has to kind of tread water with, but. When it comes to playing a football game, I think Bill expects you to play. I think no matter what, if you can step foot on the field, he expects you to play. And I mean, I just look at last season in the playoffs, uh, Ben Roethlisberger, who is much different than Jimmy Garoppolo, but got this exact same injury in the game against Cincinnati, left the game, got shot up with some cortisone in his arm, sat out two series, saw Landry Jones shit the bed, and then came in and actually started playing and won them football game. I mean, and then he played again the next week, too. Granted, he lost the next week, but this is an injury that doesn't, like, it's not threatening his career, so I don't see how he can't just go and play.
1: It's not that I don't think he can't play, but look at, I don't like comparing Garoppolo right now to Roethlisberger because, A, that's Ben Roethlisberger, and that was also a playoff game at the time it was. Uh, Right now we're in week three. The Patriots, hey, I didn't think they were going to win that week one game. They did, so they're 2-0 right now. Worst case scenario, they're 2-2 two and two coming going into Week 5, having Brady come back, and probably Rob Gronkowski as well. But I just don't see—why risk Jimmy Garoppolo getting hurt in this game? Just because that's going to be your marquee player that you might be able to flip for a draft pick. He might even—you never know. Tom, God forbid Tom Brady gets hurt, but that's the guy I think we need to protect right now.
0: But don't you think actually his—if he goes out there this, with this Thursday— Everybody knowing that he has this AC joint sprain, he still comes out, plays the game, and plays halfway decent to 75% of what he's been in the first two games. Don't you think teams are going to look at that and go, wow, this guy has balls, and his value just skyrockets even more? It's not... um,
1: What you're saying isn't off by any means, but I just don't... Why would you want to put that pressure on Jimmy Garoppolo and... I'm not saying it's a meaningless game but right now it's a little too early in the season to uh, to be playing with the wrong cards per se.
0: Okay, so in my, so I look at football seasons as every game matters. Because as we saw last year, you do a stupid drop kick against the Eagles and lose that one, and you decide, I'm not throwing the ball until we get three first downs running the football in Miami. We lose both those games. We don't have home field advantage, and then we have to go to Denver in the
1: AFC Championship game. And we so, all know what happened there. Yeah, so. <laughs> exactly.
0: So in a football season, every single game matters. So do you think, if this was Tom Brady's shoulder, don't you think Bill would say, Tom, if you can go, you need to go? Or do you even think Tom Brady would say, Coach, if I can go, if the doctors say I can go, I'm playing?
1: Well, if, Tom, if this was Tom Brady and not Garoppolo, I think, I mean, Tom Brady probably has a little more say to Bill Belichick than Jimmy Garoppolo does. What Tom says goes, in Bill's mind, I would, I would think at least. Um, what Jimmy says probably doesn't go in Bill's mind because he hasn't been there as long. He hasn't proven that he's this elite quarterback that the team can count on week in and week out. Just look at, um, you know, just... Look at quarterbacks in the past. You don't want to rush a guy back into a game. Not not that it's a meaningless game, but you don't want to rush a guy back from something that could be a serious injury. We don't. We fully don't know what Garoppolo has sustained yet, and we don't want to put him in a situation to fail or even get hurt.
0: And I, so I don't. I don't necessarily disagree with that. But if if Jimmy Garoppolo goes to Bill and says to him, "Coach, doctor cleared me. I can go." Bill's gonna say, "All right, let's see what you got." Because this is a very unique situation in that he only he plays if he plays Thursday, he then has ten days of rest until his next game. Even if he can't go against the Bills, you're now most likely if Jimmy played three and zero going into Buffalo. Buffalo is a bunch of hot garbage at this point. Who knows if Rex may even lose his job after week four? For all we know, you can play Brissett that week, and then Jimmy has all season to recover. Because Tom Brady comes back week five, which is a luxury that not a lot of teams have. So I think if there's an opportunity for Bill to to push Jimmy and see what he really has mentally, physically, uh, and see his full capabilities, I, I think that's an opportunity you have to take.
1: Mm-hmm. If Jimmy does go to Bill and say that he is cleared to play, which he has been, um, and he knows that he's capable of playing, then I mean, I guess I'm not fully against Garoppolo playing in this game because that really is that's on him. If he knows he can play or thinks he can play, why not? But I just don't want to. It's too early in the season to risk a. a, I know he's going to be the backup quarterback, but you don't want to throw him out there, have him get more hurt, and then potentially lose his trade value. Yeah, but
0: if if you're getting him more hurt, it's an injury different than the injury he has. He can't. It's. I mean. He could maybe sprain his arm a little more. Sure. Okay. But it's not like he's going to have anything that's going to damage his future at all. Unless he gets a brand new injury that could have happened even if he was 100% healthy. Like a torn ACL or some kind of punctured lung or some kind of spinal injury or anything like that. That has nothing to do with his shoulder. Mm. So it's, you know, I've been, and, and it sucks because I have all day had to agree with Felger listening to Felger yell at Maz and Murray all day that if Garoppolo gets cleared, he should, he should play. And I I agree, specifically because the culture of the game is, is just, it's a violent one. And that's what guys do. I mean, Zolak told a story today about how he got hit, got rolled up from behind, thought his ankle was broken. He was like convinced it was broken. They took an x-ray, said it wasn't broken. They shot that thing up with a five inch needle of cortisone (laughs) And uh, they tried to get him back out in the game because that's just – that's the way they play this game.
1: And like you said, though, this is a very unique situation. I've never seen this kind of – especially in New England, this kind of quarterback uh, situation switching week in and week out between we don't know who's going to start. We don't know who's going to back up. For all we know, Julian Edelman might be throwing the football, but this really shouldn't even be happening. Tom Brady should be playing right now. I just – the NFL, I mean, they're insane. Just the fact that we have to talk about this, I mean, it's a good, it's a good thing to talk about. But uh, right now, I mean, we should be looking at how badly we're going to beat Houston tomorrow because Tom Brady should be out there, I think. But that's not up to us. So Yeah,
0: I mean, it's, it's, it's just a situation. I mean, guys play with injuries like this all the time. That's just, I mean, that's the way the game goes. And it is, it's a vicious thing. I mean, we've seen Phillip Rivers play an AFC playoff game with a torn ACL. I mean the guy there are guys that are just everybody keeps saying it's a pain tolerance thing. I I don't like using that. I think that's too it's it's too broad of a topic. It's pain management. Everything's pain management. If you break your leg and you can deal with the pain, you can play. So I don't like that term, but I do think that if Jimmy feels okay with going, the doctors have cleared him to go, that he almost has he has to play.
1: I guess. I mean, if he says he's good to go, and he has been cleared to play. I don't see why he shouldn't then, but, you know, God forbid, something, you know, if you don't, if he hurts that throwing arm or the throwing shoulder, that is, worse, his trade value could be done. He could be done himself. I just, I just don't want to see him fail, ex- that, basically. And,
0: and I get that, but then again, if you're playing not to get hurt, you're never going to win, and yeah, you're never going to get better and you're never going to be one of the best of all time. And, if, and Jimmy, we've seen in the two weeks, the five-and-a-half quarters we've seen him play, kid can sling the football. Like, oh, there's yeah. no doubt about his ability. <laughs> he can move. He reminds me a lot of an Aaron Rodgers type of quarterback in that he has the ability to move out of the pocket, make throws on the run. He throws. That, that pass to Bennett in the first quarter of the Miami game was an absolute freaking dart. Like, he hit him, he was looking left, looking left, looking left, and then hit him down the right seam like he had been doing it for 20 years. Like, this kid is, I think he has the potential to be very special. But I also need to see that he has the mental capacity or the mental fortitude to fight through the pain no matter what. Because come, come crunch time, when it is a situation that, It's a playoff game. It's an AFC championship game, and he just got rolled up on his ankle, and his ankle's fucking killing him. He just shoots it up and says, Coach, I got to get out there and play. We need to win this game.
1: True. It'll show his toughness. It'll show his um, hard work and ingenuity, I guess. I just – I mean, I guess I can see. I mean, if Jimmy wants to go out and play, that's up to him. That's up to Bill. Um, It will prove his toughness. It could add to his trade value, but I just don't want to see this – Backfire.
0: I I I can I can appreciate that. And I just in my in my eyes there isn't a lot of space to backfire there. Um, I I, because of the uniqueness of the situation in that there's only two more weeks and then he can sit on the bench the entire year and do nothing because Tom will be there. Is it it brings a really different wrinkle into this and it just makes this situation it it makes it a lot of fun to talk about. But we won't know anything. And as uh, I played played the quote for you just a couple minutes ago. As Bill said, he's not a doctor. Doctors don't call the plays, and he doesn't do <laughs> surgery. So um, we're not going to find out if he's actually going to play until game time, I I would assume. It'll be close to a game time decision, and then we'll kind of go for there. But aside from Jimmy playing the football game, whether he plays or not, um, Houston's a two-and-a-half-point favorite in New England. What do you think
1: about that? <laughs> well, I, I don't remember the last time. And opposing team was favorited at Gillette. It's been a while since the Patriots haven't even been favorited. I don't even
0: know if that happened when Matt Castle was the quarterback yeah, for that Yeah, that was season. eight years
1: ago. So, um, you know what? This might be a good game to bet on. I'm not. I'm going to stay away from it. I learned my lesson last year, especially with the Patriots. But, um, wow, that's a you know two-and-a-half-point favorite. So, what is it? So, they have to win by three Texans for, in order for them to get yeah, that? Yeah, exactly. So, okay. in order
0: for the Texans to cover, they have to win by three. Anything less than that, or a Patriots win
1: wins if you pick the Patriots. Okay. So, I mean, that's actually not bad then. I mean, if you're a hardcore uh, Houston Texans fan, I mean, odds are if you're going to win a football game, you're probably going to win by three. I mean, there have I mean, 20 to 18 last year. Look at that AFC Championship game. But odds are if you're going to win a game, you're going to win by three or more. So, hey, it goes either way. And if you're a Patriot fan, no matter if your team wins, no matter what the, um, Outcome is, you've won that bet. So I'm I'm not going to stay away from it for now, but hey, go out there, do whatever you want. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah I, as I said in my uh, in my little week three picks segment um, earlier in this podcast, which is like technically a different podcast, but I combined them together because we got Kyle to do this with us. <laughs> but as I said, whenever the Patriots are given points, I'm generally going to take it. Um, I've never, (laughs) I've never seen a situation in which Bill Belichick is given points and the Patriots underperform. Um, they never come out looking like an underdog when they're given points. And so that's why I think, uh, the unique situation when they are given points, especially at home, uh, you have to take that. So if you're going to bet that my money's on the Patriots, at least to cover. Uh, but I mean, at home, what if
1: Brissett starts and I'm still, I'm still taking the Patriots.
0: Uh, I'm not scared yet of Brock Osweiler. I'm terrified of DeAndre Hopkins. I'm terrified of Will Fuller. Oh yeah, those guys um, can But they can play. <laughs> they they lack a lot of athletes at the tight end position. Um Lamar Miller, we've seen multiple times cuz he used to be in Miami, so we'd play him twice a year. I'm not super scared of him, but I am terrified of that Houston defense.
1: Yeah, JJ Watt coming at Whether it's Brissette or Garoppolo, I mean, they're not Tom Brady. I know Brady, when they practice, when they go to play uh, Houston, I believe the defensive linemen use, like, paddles or something. That's to—because J.J. Watt is basically your Rob Gronkowski, but like a pass rusher. I believe—what is he? 6'6", 250. Yeah, he's huge. He can play. He's massive. And he's going to get a few sacks. I mean, that's even—hey, even if Tom Brady's playing, that's going to happen, but— Oh, here's another thing. Are you, so? Would you throw Garoppolo out there, even though, you know, J.J. Watt will be in his presence? Well,
0: yeah. I mean, so I when I'm looking across that defense, you have uh, Whit, uh, is it Whitney or Courtney Merciless? You have J.J. Watt. You have Vince Wilfork, and you have Jadavian Clowney. Uh, plus, you have John Simon at linebacker, who for whatever reason has been flying around the field, making every play you can imagine. Um, so I, I get I get a little nervous about that, um, but. Uh, like i mean like i said if you can play i think you got to play regardless of who's going to sack you regardless of who's there we've done the patriots have done a good job in the past of really containing jj watt um and i think you'll see a lot of martellus bennett being held in on the line chip blocking and stuff like that like he has before. what do you think
1: the game plan is going to be i mean i i know you're not bill so yeah but
0: if (laughs) if i was and i'd be more than happy to to role play here uh offensively My game plan is is I'm going to keep in my tight ends. I'm going to play a lot of A.J. Derby. I'm going to play a lot of Martellus Bennett. And that's also assuming that Gronkowski doesn't play because from what I can tell, he probably won't. I I would assume he won't play until Buffalo or until Tom Brady comes back. But I would keep Martellus. You're going to see a lot of Martellus blocking just like he did in week one. Uh, I wouldn't even be surprised if they put him one-on-one with a guy like Merciless or um, a guy like Jadavian Clowney uh, after showing his ability to block chandler jones with almost ease and he manhandled chandler jones that penalty was bullshit <laughs> that was just him being a bigger man so i expect a lot of a lot of tight ends to be in blocking i i actually expect a lot of brandon bolden in this game at, at running back because yes. they're gonna want i was just
1: gonna get to that actually on, uh, Continue.
0: i think they're i think that he's your better pass blocker having that special team experience and i think he's gonna be in there to chip the linemen chip the linebackers uh and give whoever's playing quarterback a lot more time
1: okay um what well, I think their gameplay should be or could be. Um let's start with the running backs. Um Legarrett Blunt, I think is gonna have a huge game. Um yes, they have a great front seven, like you said, merciless, clowney, and JJ Watt, three of the best, that is. Um, but it's gonna catch them off guard. I think that who's the um defensive coordinator for Houston? Is it Bill O'Brien? Uh, well Bill
0: O'Brien's a head coach. Okay. The defensive coordinator is it's it's Romeo, it's Romeo Cornell. That's oh. right.
1: Okay, well, he knows that, let's say Brissett starts this game, just for the sake of argument. They know he's a young quarterback, a rookie quarterback, making his starting debut. They're going to want to get pressure on this guy, but Bill obviously knows that. So I think they're going to start, you know, short passes. They're going to run the ball. I think LeGarrette Blunt's going to get somewhere between 20 and 30 carries in this game. Uh, I don't think he's going to get 200 yards, but I do think he'll have, you know, a big a big run maybe for a touchdown, maybe like a thirty yard run where he breaks free or something. Kinda
0: of like last week, the hundred and twenty yards. Yeah. Kind of yeah.
1: Range. Um that's what I think if they wanna win this game, that needs to happen and the defense has to step up. The, you can't allow 24 points in the second half and expect to win this game.
0: Especially at a Brock freaking <laughs> <Osweiler>. yeah. <laughs> Um Yeah, I, I actually agree. I think you're going to see a lot of James Devlin. A lot of power-eye formation. You're going to get Martellus Bennett tight. You're going to get James Devlin and LeGarrette Blunt in the back uh, backfield. You're going to hand the ball off, especially if Garoppolo is not playing. Even if he is playing, knowing he's not 100%, I think you're going to see a lot of this. You're going to see Blunt just trying to run people over. And then it... it I want to say that, you know, knowing the Patriots offense and having watched it now and Josh McDaniels evolve, I want to say you're going to see a lot of side-to-side passes, a lot of screens, because like you said, they're going to try and get a ton of pressure on Jacoby or Jimmy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and so I think you're going to see a ton of screens to the likes of James White, Julian Edelman, Danny Amendola. Uh, But I think the, the most difficult part is, is knowing that the opposing coach is Bill O'Brien, they have Romeo Cronell, Mike Vrabel's on that staff, uh, Larry Izzo, um, and then they have another guy. I'm pretty sure it is the defensive coordinator. They're all former Bill Belichick uh, you know, apprentices, mm-hmm. and, and so they know Bill's head. So it's going to be a lot of, um, I know you'll do this, but he knows I'll do that, so I'm going to do this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if we get to a situation where – all of a sudden, Romeo's going to pull back the pressure, drop into zone um, right at the time Bill's going to try and call, a or Josh is going to try and call a screen pass because he's going to know, all There's right, this, this, we're not going to apply the pressure here. They're going to try and trick us, but we're going to be one step ahead. And I think Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels are going to need to be three steps ahead, and this is going to be a really tough chess match.
1: Okay. Um. So basically, my key to success for this game, uh, I think the Patriots come out. And they run the ball down the throat of the defense. I think they're gonna throw a few trick plays in there. Nothing too fancy. Nothing like the uh, like that Ravens game in the playoffs. But hey, you never know. Um, if Brissett's in this game, expect Brissett to be a little like I guess Mike Vick. I mean, he has that skill set. He can run. He showed that he could in college. He could pass a little too. Um, if Brissett plays this game, which I think he will, um, just expect something new and unorthodox from the Patriots because that's just typically not their game plan
0: yeah and uh I'm one of those weird people who's actually watched tape on Jacoby Brissett Uh, (laughs) a lot of people don't don't do that and know nothing about him but one of the things that people don't understand is that they see Jacoby Brissett they see his mobility and then they see his giant arm and they think wow this guy's a lot like a, a Ben Roethlisberger mold in that he can escape the pocket and then launch balls downfield The issue is, is Jacoby Brissett doesn't have a fantastic deep ball. He has a strong arm, but he doesn't have a great deep ball. In my mind, his arm is more like a Brett Favre, where he's going to hum it at you. He's going to throw an absolute missile of like 100 miles an hour. But his his long ball is going to be kind of all over the place. It's not going to be very accurate. Uh, And so the Patriots passing game actually suits him really well, in that it's more of a side-to-the-side and yards-after-the-catch kind of... uh, Playbook, and I think that's going to actually throw a lot of people off. Uh, people that don't know anything about him, and even maybe the Houston Texans. Granted, I'm not a football coach, and I know that I've been able to diagnose this, so I would assume Bill O'Brien can too. <laughs> uh, but I expect to see if Jacoby Brissett is at quarterback, you're going to see a lot of play action, a lot of bootlegs, a lot of screens, um, and expect Martellus Bennett to get targeted a ton.
1: Yeah, and that's what we have to watch the game too. Um... I'm excited for tomorrow. I can't wait till this game is actually over because that way the Patriots are completely done with their Thursday games because I can't stand the Thursday game. <laughs> I like the idea of it. Maybe for, like, the first game of the season, which is cool, and then for Thanksgiving. But otherwise, we really need, over-saturation. you know, uh, Titans, Jaguars in Week 15? Like, you know what no. I mean? I- I'm not a fan of the Thursday game.
0: Yeah, so we'll just have to wait and see. Uh, overall, that's kind of what we're uh... – Banking on happening, but uh, let's uh switch gears here. We have a couple more minutes before we have to get going, so let's uh switch gears and uh, let's just talk a little Red Sox real quick. Um, season's coming to a close. We have what twelve games left now. Twelve games, and we play the Orioles again tonight. If we if we beat the Orioles, we basically knock out their chances of taking the division because we'll be six games up. As of right now, we're four up on Toronto, five up on the Orioles. Um, we got Buck Holtz going tonight against Ubaldo Jimenez. Um, So, with the season coming to a close, let me ask you, who's your American League MVP? Knowing the pa- Red Sox have two definite candidates and probably Hanley Ramirez will get a couple of votes, but who's your AL MVP?
1: Uh, right now, as far as most uh, best player goes, I'm going to say this a little differently. The best player all around is Mike Trout, but I don't like giving the most valuable player to a player on a last place team. Right now, uh the American League MVP is in no doubt in my mind Mookie Betts. Uh 40 home, excuse me, 30 home runs, 40 doubles, 100 RBIs, this 200 guy, hits. Yeah, 200 hits. This guy had what, 8 home runs in Baltimore this year. I think his batting average is over fi- 500 in Baltimore. I something think he's like, like 16 for 30 or something like that. He just missed one last night too. Did you see that? Yep. Um the uh what's his name? His last name's Kim. Reaches up yeah, like Byung-Soo Kim or something like yeah. that. <laughs> um, Mookie Betts is a, is the AL MVP. Um, I, I'll i give it to him over Ortiz. Ortiz. I mean, I would love to give it to Ortiz, but I just don't see that happening because, A, no DH has ever won it, and they're just not going to give it to someone who doesn't play the field, and he doesn't play the field. And that's what
0: sucks because um, if, my, if I had a vote, I would vote Ortiz. I don't have a vote because I'm not part of the BBWA, unfortunately. If they want to give me a vote, I won't. Won't complain about it, but I think you're right. I think the BBWA is going to look at that and say, well, you don't play a position, so you're going to lose a bunch of votes.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't want to give it—I mean, this is nothing against them either. I wouldn't give it to Pedroia. He hasn't had that consistency throughout the whole season where he's carried the team, and Henry Ramirez has actually came around a little bit more as of late. People forget that this guy was slumping throughout May, June, and parts of July. So. Well, I
0: don't think it was necessarily a slump. He was just lacking the power numbers. I okay. mean, he, got, he was still hitting 300.
1: Yeah, I mean, he was around there. I I remember there was a point where his average dipped around the two seventies. Yeah, which I mean still isn't bad. But I think I don't think he had a home run until like mid May or something yeah, like that. He, I want to say it was like a White Sox like game. He had like four
0: home runs over the span of the first like two or three months of the season. Um, and then I mean since the All Star break, that guy's just been on a freaking tear. I you're right. I don't think he'll win. I do think he'll get a couple votes, but very few. Yeah. I, I think your best, your most likely candidates are Betts and Ortiz. And because the BBWA looks at war so much, I think Mookie Betts is going to be your AL MVP.
1: Yeah, no, it's a, I agree with you. Now,
0: <laughs> now is is Porcello the AL Cy Young?
1: In my mind, yes, but is he going to get it? No, um, he doesn't have the exact track record for it. Meaning, I know he's twenty-one and four, and a lot of those, a lot of the voters don't like looking at. Um, wins and losses, especially for a pitcher, but, um, I see them giving it to someone else. Right now, I don't know who that is, so I couldn't really give you my vote, but I just don't see Porcello getting it, because when people from other fan bases look at the Red Sox, they'll automatically think that David Price is our ace, just because of his, you know, track record, his, uh, contract, and the way he's performed just in his career. Um... So I would want to give it to Rick Porcello, but I just don't see him getting it necessarily. I mean, he would have to have a great next two starts, which he still can. Um I know he's like I mean, he 13 just and 1 in a complete
0: game, what, four hitter and a yeah. lot of two runs, and those two runs was just what one two run shot from Trumbo.
1: Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Um and rightfully so. I mean, he's one of the best pitchers in the league. Uh I don't know who I would give it to, but I, well, I would give it to Rick Porcello, but I just don't see him getting it. What do you think?
0: I uh, I I think Porcello will be the uh, AL Cy Young. Okay. I think his stats just uh, for whatever reason. Again, BBWA members get really just get gugu gaga over wins for whatever reason, and his ERA isn't abysmal. I mean, it's if he has two more good starts, he can get his ERA under three. If that if he gets it under three, I think he guarantees himself the Cy Young because uh, that reserve right now it's at a three point oh six. Um, so with two more good starts, puts it under three. I think he guarantees himself the Cy Young. Um, but other than that, I mean, the the other issue too is is there's not a ton of competition for it. It's like I guess J A Habs up there, but Porcello has a better ERA. He has a better win loss record. Um, I mean, the guy's only lost one game in Fenway Park.
1: That is, you're not wrong. His one loss, too, I think, was an eight inning one run effort, yep. which and it was a solo, bo- a win solo bomb
0: the- to Trumbo. Yep. <laughs>
1: Trumbo is one of those guys. but um, That's why he leads the league. As in far Walmart. as starting pitchers, pitching goes, I don't know if I would give it to... Uh, excuse me. No, I would definitely give it to Rick Porcello. but I think uh, a guy that's going to get the Cy Young is coming out of the bullpen. That's Zach Britton. What is he, 45 for 45? and uh, He is filthy. Saves? He's filthy. I remember when he first came up. He came up as a starter. Didn't make it too much. I want to say that was 2010, 2011. Um, here's the thing with... When I compare starting pitching to relief pitching, Rick Porcello has participated in, I think, at the end of the season, it's going to be. 33
0: starts, 34 starts. It'll be
1: around 32, 33 starts, I think, which will only be, I think, a quarter of the Red Sox wins. Zach Britton, I think, well, I think he has 45 right now. By the end of the season, let's call it 48. He could participate in in as much as more than half of the Orioles' wins. So you know what I mean? He has a little bit more influence on the game. Granted, it's just one inning. Usually it's just three batters that he has to get out when his team's already winning. But I I can make more of a case for him strictly because he plays in a higher percentage of games and influences the outcome. So
0: he plays in a higher percentage of games, but all those games generally... Like you said, he's only in for an inning or two. Mm-hmm. At the end of the season, Rick Porcello is going to have well over 200 innings pitched.
1: I think he already does. And,
0: <laughs> yeah, I think he's already hit the 200 mark. He's really, really close. Um, and But he's going to be well over 200, which is far and away the most in his career. Uh, he's probably going to be up there for most in the American League. Uh, so, I, I, I mean, he, the guy, I don't think he's missed more than a start all year. I nope. think he's pitched about every single time his rotation has come. Or his turn in the rotation every fifth has turn. Come. He's been out there. So. Yeah, and he is. I, I just, I have, I have a, an issue with giving the Cy Young to the a reliever unless he is just unbelievable. And Zach Britton fits that unbelievable category. I'm pretty sure his ERA is like under one. Oh yeah, I which is say it's just ridiculous. 6-1. that's he's just absurd. Up two
1: home runs. I think one was to Mookie Betts. That was like the first weekend of the year. Other than that, the guy's been lights out.
0: Oh, he's been unbelievable. So if there was a case to be made, it's for Zach Britton. But other than that, I mean, I have a bias towards starting pitching when it comes to the Cy Young. I think that's why they have the what is it, the Rolades reliever of the year award. Yep. And that can go to <laughs> that can go to your man Zach Britton. But in, okay. I, I just I think I think Porcello deserves it. I yeah. think having possibly at the end of the season twenty two or twenty three wins, um, with well over two hundred innings pitched in. Maybe around exactly a three or under three ERA. I think he's the Cy Young.
1: Okay, and uh, point well made. I mean, I would agree as well. Uh, as far as starting pitching goes, he is the best out there. I think. Um, I would just I would give it to Zach Britton though, strictly because he influences just a higher percentage of the games. I know he is innings will be at like a quarter of what Porcello gets, but um, let's say if the playoffs started right now or today, that is. Um, the Red Sox would be playing Cleveland. I think it would be at Cleveland. Because uh, has... No,
0: actually, I think it'll be uh, in Boston. Because okay, Cleveland's fallen off now that they've lost a couple starting pitchers.
1: Uh, yep. I know they're somewhere around there. Yeah, it's close. Um, so let's say it starts in Boston. Then uh, game one starter, Purcell or Price? All right, we got thirty seconds, so
0: I'm going to give you a quick answer. David Price. You really? pay him thirty one million dollars a year. He should start open. He should start the first game of the playoffs.
1: And you're gonna strictly base that off of his contract not his track record
0: uh i mean coming up the second half of the season he's been lights out uh and i think we need to at least give him an opportunity okay all yeah, righty point what, well taken who's who do you have Real i got quick, porcello you got porcello all right well you heard it first kyle mocker taking porcello first game of the playoffs but that's gonna wrap up this episode where are out of time today enjoy today's shine time song of the day he's gonna play us out right here um, and it's going to be a wonderful track, uh, brought to you by the one and only, uh, I believe it's Don Omar and the song is called Donza Kuduro. I'm Shantan. This was the hashtag SPP. Enjoy yourselves, people.